It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode titled A plus B negative originally aired on Patreon on February 27th, 2020. Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. It's on, it's live, and I'm going to eat my cake. Okay. No, eat your cake and eat it. Eat your cake eat it, too? No, what? <laughs> Have my cake and eat it, too? Have your cake and Have eat it. Have my cake and eat it, too. Oh, I did all the talking on the first part of this mm-hmm. whole thing, so this is your turn. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another bonus episode of the Hive Jive on the Hive Jive Junkie Live Feed. For everybody out there on Patreon, thank you, guys. You patrons are amazing. Yep. Um, if you listen to Monday's episode, you heard me complain a lot. I was on mini soapboxes, or as Ken said, brood boxes, mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know, news media sucks. There's a bunch of random things out there, but uh, this the is Russians our, line. The, it's the Russians. Yeah. This is our open feed, though, where we can we can talk about whatever we want. So, you know, if you want to dive in here from any of those those things that we were mentioning last time and go from that, if you want to talk about your your most recent experiences that you had um, vicariously through Max and I while we were checking your hives, mm-hmm. if you want to talk about your future plans mm-hmm. on what you want to do, planting your pecan trees. You does just not want to eat man. your damn cake. Exactly. Yeah, I, I just want to eat. And you don't want to talk. Okay. <laughs> Take it He's away. He's having kid. strawberry strawberry cake. He saw it and went through a uh, went through a withdrawal. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. I was I like, know. "Oh my god, it's strawberry cake!" Strawberry cake. He took he took. Cut a little piece, left it, and took the rest of the cake. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what Ken tried. That's what Ken told me to do. He was like, I cut the slice, and he goes, there you go. Now leave that and leave take that the rest. And, and the I was rest like, um, Somebody have some. I don't need the slice I took, <laughs> let alone the other. <laughs> but anyway, we did. Uh, John did come out, and thank you, John, for driving out to the to the lake and uh, checking the hives. And, well, like you said, we found two weak hives, the rock and the nuke. No, no, not the, the, rock. the trailer hive, the trailer and the nuke, and the nuke. And so that uh, other hive. Um, now explain to me when you're standing over by the top bars mm-hmm. and you're facing those two hives. Mm-hmm. The trailer hive is the one on the right, furthest back, right on the right, right. Yeah, and then the back. one over in the the cypress box. That's the nuke. That's the nuke, and mm-hmm. that nuke we got from the same place that technically that other hive came right. from. Right. Also, the nuke is also the nuke was a was cut a out. Mm-hmm. It was a yeah, and then the the rock uh, the the trailer. Oh, where the hell did that come? Uh, but now you know you were talking about earlier that we dumped a bunch of bees. I don't think we only dumped about fifty bees into there with them. But if that could be, those fifty could have had. Well, the, so we combined food stores. So mm-hmm. we took frames out of the one that had food stores, mm-hmm. and we took the other frames. And we kind of anytime you do a combination. Mm-hmm. You're mixing comb and bees and frames. Mm-hmm. So um, the one hive that wasn't doing so great after we treated and was petering out, and then it ended up like mm-hmm. it was queenless and they were desolate and, and nothing good was coming of it. Mm-hmm. We took those bees, and then, like you said, maybe only 50 of those bees, but we took some of the comb that actually had capped food stores, mm-hmm. and we put it in with the, yeah, the swarm did. that yeah, was the did. trailer hive yeah. and mixed those up. Yep. But now the trailer hive is exhibiting very poor quality 
as far as the laying pattern, as far as the number of bees in there. Like they survived winter somehow, mm-hmm. but it's, it, I mean, it's not for lack of trying on their part, but they're, they're just having some issues. Now, also on that trailer half, we also, let me think here. Let me think, let me think, let me think. You know, that was a huge swarm of bees when they moved it, or a big swarm of bees. Wasn't a big swarm? John says it wasn't a big swarm. It wasn't. I mean, it was nothing compared to the rock hives. Well, it wasn't, and it was nothing compared to the 40,000 that attacked those cops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, but it... They didn't have a queen. You, they they come up that. You said it's got a queen cell in it now, right? Hmm. Not right now, no. Oh, it doesn't. No. Okay, okay. No, it's got a queen. I saw the queen. Yeah, okay. She's in there. She's laying. She's trying. Okay. But um, like we talked about on the main segment, everything inside there is. Sick. You've got one capped brood mm-hmm. that's on its way to making it out. Beside it will be a brand new egg. Mm-hmm. Beside that will be a medium age a larva that's mm-hmm. not quite ready to be capped yet. Mm-hmm. And it it's not a solid brood pattern. The way the queen lays. She starts off in the center of where the brood nest is going to be, and she does concentric circles as she expands outward. Mm-hmm. So your oldest bees are in the center of that, and then it goes out to the youngest bees all the way out okay. to eggs on the peripheral of that. And when you find old bees mixed with young bees mixed with other, that's Something not matter. yeah, that's not yeah. great when they're all different ages. And then the rock hive, that's the one that... Uh, <laughs> Max is worse than I am. He's going to split them about six times. He thinks. <laughs> no, I'll probably have to buy him another bunch of bees. But anyway, uh, he's all excited. He's getting in back into bee business. And uh, and when when I said, well, that's his half, you, you, y'all were standing there and you just backed off. So this is your half and then we'll go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And he was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it was well, but he did. He jumped right in there. Mm-hmm. And also, those are mean bees. We're going to requeen them. They are. They were a little bit more um, defensive and testy than all the other colonies we checked. I mean, I took the top bar apart mm-hmm. and flipped it upside down. Those be, Those we, are your, the, your bees that we got from you. Right. Those are Carniolan queens. <clears throat> The rock hive are the rock hive <laughs> is on a, strawberry cake. Uh, strawberry cake's getting him. Uh, that rock hive is a feral colony that we got. That was the and, big one when, when when you yeah. guys uh, we did the main episode. It was our bonus episode of like like um, WTF bees. Mm-hmm. That episode was mm-hmm. all about. That's what eventually ended up becoming the rock hive. Mm-hmm. Was that massive swarm and when we finally got up there and max and i were like up in the tree and cutting them down and got them in the box and the stupid box fell over and they all Mm -hmm. got back out and went to the tree and we had to do it again Um, those are the bees that eventually we put into a hive on top of a massive rock that was setting facing Mm -hmm. actually our last episode from cabin 13 that rock is just right outside that cabin and they were facing beachfront property on the lake Mm -hmm. and that's why we call it quote unquote the rock hive Mm -hmm. uh trailer hive true to name was a hive oh, box sitting on a trailer. trailer and the freaking bees just moved right into it it was on a flatbed trailer yeah. so that one is quote unquote the trailer hive yeah john sitting there these bees are all over the trailer and there's bearding off of it and john just walks over there and grabs the box and straightens it and then they just go <laughs> right inside <laughs> home they just start marching right in there so yeah, that was crazy, and then the nuke is the one we, a nuke that we was given, and uh, you know I got to thinking that nuke is the one 
that I don't know if a cow brushed up, brushed up against it and pushed the top. You know, I told the you that's the one that got that's the one. Well, that's the one that got robbed. It was mm-hmm. it had robbing. So it could have been the that was know, in the that was last fall. Yeah, it could have been the rock hive or the trailer hive that was robbing it. Mm-hmm. So they could have. You know, I don't I, think it was the trailer hive. Well, somebody was robbing them, but anyway. Anyway, it could have been, oh well. been the two big ones. We'll do what we got to do. Those two huge, multiple box Langstroths on mm-hmm. around the corner there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are. So, uh, well, we better watch those then, huh? Somebody, somebody else has got stuff too coming in, but maybe. But anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll go if we can save them, we save them. If we don't, we don't, and uh, we pull all everything out of there and and uh, do what we got to do with uh, either a package or yeah speaking or of or what is it exactly that we have to look forward to here on your your what how many yep. freaking packages did you order <laughs> 11 11 yeah but i want five nukes now that's separate how many so you've got 11 <laughs> you have 11 packages coming 11 in. packages okay and they're they're multiples you got different types of queens different breeds right you got carniolans russians and Oh, that one guy that's got those real nice bees in Georgia. Yeah, and the only thing that's, that's I don't know what they're the like. only thing we can call them is the the like the they nice were bees. sweet Georgia bees or, yeah, or nice Georgia bees or something yeah. like he didn't identify what lineage Farmyard. he used Farmyard? when he was Farmyard. trying to create Farmyard that. bees. That's what they are. Barnyard bees. That's, that's the what company. he calls him. That's the yeah. company. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the company. But he don't he it don't call them nothing. Indicate, they're his queens. So. Yeah, it doesn't indicate what lineage <laughs> they started on. So nope. But uh, you know, if they mean. They will be corny Ellen's pretty quick. <laughs> well, twenty one days. <laughs> so I have not ordered any queens yet this year. Um, I need to probably do that. I need to reach out, but uh, a bulk of the money that normally goes to queens and other things to kind of do our breeding stock for the year um, went to a bunch of nukes. Okay. So we'll have to well, see how, much how that money goes. You need? No, 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 that's not the point. Oh, okay. I'm just saying I, I normally, my big purchase early in the spring is usually queens from Honeybee Genetics. Mm-hmm. And this year I haven't contacted them, which could be bad because we're almost at the end of February and they yeah, open up for orders at the need, beginning of February. Yeah, you probably need to be getting those. Yeah, so we, we got to figure out kind of what can be done and, and what's going on with all of that and, uh, and kind of see and go from there. So... The one thing that I've been considering doing this year, and I don't, I don't know how valid it is because, again, I've waited a little bit long, but... You can't make splits until one of two things. Either you have a fully mated queen mm-hmm. or there are drones in your area yeah, we're gonna have that drones. are old enough to mate, which means at least two weeks from the age of hatching, if not or not hatching, two weeks from the age of emerging as an adult drone. Mm-hmm. It takes them two weeks from that point to become sexually mature and really probably another another week. So three weeks total before they really can mate. So. If you see capped drones in your colony right now and you're like, oh, wow, and then you come back and you do your next inspection next week and they've all hatched, then you need to – this is where, like, the bee math comes in because you need to say, okay, it's going to take these drones three weeks to be mature. And what you do is you're not literally banking on your drones. You're hoping and praying that all the feral colonies or anybody else's managed colonies out around you mm-hmm. have drones around the same progression and age range, right? And then you're like, okay, so if I want to raise queens, I cannot start that queen to be able to be old enough to go out on her mating flight until I know there are drones ready. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at how long it takes a drone to be sexually mature and be out for or foraging, <laughs> foraging for virgins, yeah, looking for virgins out there looking for virgin queens. 
And then you've also got to take into consideration how old is a queen by the time she goes on her mating flights. And you have to actually line that stuff up right. And that's something we'll be talking about in a main. B-math. It is BMAP. Mm-hmm. And that, that's something we'll be talking about in a main episode coming up here probably next month. But um, so if you can't, if you don't have drones, if it's too early, if they can't mate, you can't raise your own queen. You can, but she's not going to be mated. She'll be a drone layer. Everything's going to go to crap. Mm-hmm. So uh, Hawaii raises bees all year round and those big island queens the bahama mm-hmm. mamas you like as you like mm-hmm. to call them mm-hmm. i kind of thought about this year if i had colonies already coming out of winter that were big enough to split but yet i have to because we're always dependent on mother nature and dependent on the bee cycle and things like that i can't start raising my own queens until like late march and I, if I order the queens in from Honeybee Genetics, they don't get there till early April. So no matter what, you're you're stuck in that April time frame, mm-hmm. and everybody wants their bees in April, you know, because mm-hmm. that's the flowers are out, and yeah. we've all got bee fever, and we're like, oh, spring is here, and their flowers are there, and I need my bees. Um, that's what I'm going to hit late, late. Your March packages, yeah, your packages will. Your nukes don't usually start coming out until mid to late April, early May. That's kind of when a nuke comes out, mm-hmm. because again, we're all stuck waiting for those queens and waiting for the season to and line up right for the drones and waiting for the drones very very true the drones got to learn how so hey there virgin queen they got to they got to work on their game yeah, work got, on their yeah. pickup lines uh-huh. so i've been considering reaching out to some of the Hawaiian bee companies like Big Island Queens and stuff seeing if they have any queens because a lot of the queen breeders use them to go through and do early packages and nukes and splits and stuff. But I thought about reaching out to them and seeing if they have some, because if they do, I could order those queens in and I could do early splits. And then even because one of the things we've experienced, we tried this about four years ago and we found that 75, 80% of the time, our Texas redheaded mutts did not appreciate the Hawaiian queens. Well, you got to tell them that instead of calling them, you know, telling them they're Texas redheaded mutts, tell them they're Howies. <laughs> you are now. Yeah, they're Howie queens. They're Howie bees. And Howie, you know, is a, what they call us, the the Hawaiians. Mm-hmm. And John's eating his cake. So, if we were to do that, though, Howies, Howie, it's a. Um, Howie? I don't know. I've never heard Something the term. Like so um, if we were to do that, it could be a trick because if what happened several years ago, we had out. So it was there was two different issues that it could have been. One, it could have just been the genetics of that queen versus our genetics that have a little bit of that Africanized in there. Mm-hmm. They didn't like the Hawaiian queen. They didn't like the way she smelled. They were like, nope. And they would immediately oh, they would let her stay in there. They would accept her, let her stay in there long enough to start laying and then they would supersede her and replace her with another queen, right? If they do that, at least it's her genetics and it's going to be then mixed uh, with some of ours. So Mm -hmm. you're still at least a step in the direction you were trying to go. But it was also a very wet year that year. That was the year that it rained so much we almost didn't get a honey harvest because it rained so much. And that could have been one of the challenges to that. I I don't know. But my point, though, is like I have colonies I could split today size and population wise. But I don't have queens to put in them. And that's the same catch-22 everybody falls into. If I reached out to the Hawaiian queen breeders and I brought in some big mama, you know, 
Bahama Mamas. There we go. Bahama Not Mamas. Big Mamas. Some yeah. Bahama Mamas Bahama from Mamas. Uh, the Big Island Queens or something. Mm-hmm. If I brought them in and I was able to install them in the packages, or in, not the packages, but in the nukes that I split off, mm-hmm. I could get those nukes growing really quickly, hopefully, fingers crossed. The queens could stay in there, and if they stay in there and they do fine, I am okay with that. Mm-hmm. But then later, they if I... They are pretty color. They're beautiful. Those beautiful oh, golden bees, golden man. Bees. If I reach out to Honeybee Genetics and I get the queens in from them, our regular Russian Carniolan hybrids, I can then turn around and I can save the Bahama Mama Queens and put them in something else and requeen with the Russian Carniolan or leave them as they are. Like it just gives us a jump start on everything else, right? Mm-hmm. But the same concepts that I'm sitting here thinking about are the same concepts that anybody who is doing packages and nukes and things also has to think about and consider. So I very well could turn around and call them up and find out they don't have any bees left. You know, there are no queens. They're maxed mm-hmm. out because all your major package and queen breeders out there mm-hmm. are you know they've got orders for hundreds and hundreds of queens and nobody can keep up and that's the other challenge for a regular beekeeper that wants to requeen their colony it is it is extremely hard to find a viable queen anytime before may and it's not because there's not places out there that's warm enough to produce them. them it's because all the major queen breeders have bought them and, and gone through and done that. And I really like raising my own. I like doing the second generation queens. And by that, what it is, is I have brought in the Russian Carniolan hybrid pure blood queen on that. And then I pick one of them that's doing really well. And I use her as my mother queen. And I start grafting off queen of her. mother. Sure. She can be that too. Okay. I mean, if she's royalty, mm-hmm. sure. Um, I start grafting off of her and raising queens that are 100% her genetics, Mm -hmm. but then they're open mated with our feral stock of bees or our Mm -hmm. bees here in actually the Austin area. So that's, uh, and those are my favorite things to do is is to do that. So um, one little side note too, on your, on your trailer hive. Mm -hmm. So I I gave multiple things. It could be disease. It could be genetics. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really explain what I meant by that, but that hive, that was a little bit later in the year. They did end up raising, they had a queen when they moved in, but she was either a freshly mated virgin or something was wrong with her because, I mean, right from the get-go, it was chaos, and they were immediately doing both swarm and supersedure cells, so it was like weirdness in there, right? A new queen emerges, takes over, starts laying, but it's late in the year, maybe she didn't get properly mated, and or... There's also this whole thing in there, and and I'm going to, this is talking out my rear on this one, so... To simplify it, Juliana Rangel, Dr. Rangel, does this amazing presentation on the like sexual diversity of, of bees and the genetic diversity of bees and how like sperm counts in the drones can affect the spermacatha inside the queen and like all this other stuff, diophorate of the sperm, all that. But on a genetic level, and this is not necessarily using the right terminology, but it's the simplest thing I can think of at the moment to explain it. If you have a pot like our blood types, A positive, A negative, B positive, B negative. What you really want for good diversity is an A positive with a B negative or positive, or an A negative with a B positive or negative, or an A negative with an A positive. What you don't want is an A positive with an A positive, or a B negative yeah, with a B negative, right? Yeah. If you do, you can wind up with, because so in the normal world of things, mm-hmm. drones are supposed to be haploid meaning one Mm. and then regular bees are diploid meaning two the regular i mean Mm. queens so when that goes through and that happens what it means is the drone is getting just one set of genetics and it's 100 from the queen female worker bees are getting two sets of genetics half from the queen and half from whichever drones genetic materials being injected in there right 
Now, that's normal, but you can wind up with drones that are diploid, meaning they've got two sets of genetics from a mother and a father, and that's not how it's supposed to be, and they come out wrong. They come out deformed. They're not quite right. They're like a weird mix of stuff. You never see them because the workers abort them before they ever get old enough. Okay. So that could also be if she was mated, and it, it's the same concept as inbreeding, mm-hmm. but the, it doesn't literally have to be inbreeding. It can just be that all of the genetics in that area are too close, too similar, right? Mm-hmm. It may not literally be the, the sons and daughters or mothers and fathers. It could be not related at all, but they still have that A plus, A plus kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so that could be another thing that could happen in there is it could be the the genetic profile of that bee could be wrong and so the workers are purposefully culling them out they'll do the same thing when they get sick you know and also that you know we also in that rock hive no trailer hive. trailer hive you took a frame out of the rock hive and put in there too uh, a frame of brood could, originally because yeah, originally. we were afraid that that if there was an issue going on with the queen and them being able to raise mm-hmm. a queen that they may not have the the eggs or the material mm-hmm. needed. And we also, when we first did that, we weren't sure if it was a laying worker situation or not because, no, it again, it was, it was very crazy going on inside yeah, there. It was, yeah. So we took a frame from the rock hive because the rock hive was big and booming, and we knew oh, yeah. that they had a queen, and it was yeah. legit. She's, we a good, took a, she's a good queen, but she's a mean one. Well, yeah, she's, she's great on everything, including her defensive behavior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, so we did that to kind of give them an extra shot. Mm-hmm. Whatever's going on with them now, I don't think had anything to do with the frame from the rock no, hive. No, I think it all either had to do with mating or it had to do with yeah. the the material yep. the comb that we yep. took from that other hive that was failing. Yep. So, And that is something that you guys have to consider is, you know, if a hive dies out, if it died out because it starved out, then that's probably not an issue. If it died out for because it got cold and chilled and froze, that's probably not an issue. If there's no sign of disease and that colony has always been strong and healthy and then something happened to cause it to die that was outside of anybody's control, be it Mm -hmm. nature related, um, you can use those frames. Take them, freeze them. If they've got food in them, you can give them to another colony. You can freeze the wax and make sure you kill any parasites. uh, Well, basically like wax moth larva, Mm -hmm. uh, high beetle larva that are on there. And then you can use that material. That's one of the ways that you can have drawn comb for other purposes, to do splits or to add on other boxes. Um, So you can keep those resources. But if the colony is failing and you're actively watching it fail and you you can't determine what it is, if it's failing because the queen is not mated properly, that's not such a bad thing. You can use those resources. But if it truly was failing because of some sort of disease and you give it to another colony, Mm -hmm. if that disease is in some of the worker bees or it's in some of the larva or it's actually something that can be mm-hmm. contained in the comb and then spread that way, well, now you've given that disease to another colony. Yep. So, And this is a very great example of, of something that could have potentially been that way is we had a colony that was having issues. We took comb from that colony. We gave it to another colony that had different issues, but now that colony is experiencing and expressing some of the same issues the first one did. Yeah, that's the colony that uh, had the uh, deformed wing. Yeah, that was the one that had the mites mm-hmm. and they had deformed mm-hmm. wing virus mm-hmm. and we went through and treated for that. Now, mm-hmm. when we looked at it this last time, I did not see any mites. Now, granted, it, I, I'm very good at spotting queens. I'm mm-hmm. fairly good at spotting mites mm-hmm. on bees. But if you can see the mites on the bees, that's a huge problem. 
There's yeah. a lot of mites. Mm-hmm. Most of them you'll never see. They're hidden. When They're up underneath the, the scales. guard on there, we had seen them both. Well, yeah, them. I physically saw mites yeah. on the bees, and there was deformed wing virus. Mm-hmm. When we were looking at it this weekend, there were, well, actually it was Monday, whatever. Yeah, Monday. When we were looking at it, there were no deformed wing virus. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't see any bees so with deformed wings. Be. I didn't see any mites. But that doesn't mean that it can't be still some other type of disease in there. That's that's going through and doing it now. There's no sign of American foul brood. There's no sign of European foul brood. There's no sign of sack brood. There's no sign of chalk brood. Um, so most of those bigger diseases right there, there's no indications of those things. The only thing we can tell is that the laying pattern is off. And for some reason, the worker bees are aborting most of the larva and the queen keeps trying to relay them. So. At the very least, we're going to treat them. Um, at the very most, they're going to get requeened. Yep. Worst case scenario, they're going to die. Yeah, uh, if they die, we just replace them with a nuke. Yeah, we'll just we'll put in either nuke mm-hmm. or package or something. But what we may need to do though is just in that one colony, we might go through and scrap all of the comb. We can do that because that I would be the second time we've yeah. used it and, and had bad experiences with yeah. it. So that specific hive, instead of reusing that comb, we may just destroy it this next time and yeah, start over plenty. from scratch. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the that's some of the trials and tribulations that happen when you're going through and you're doing this stuff. And then, you know, you have those random surprises like the hive full of water. I mean, I would out of all the hives that I would have expected to have been doing bad or died. It was that one. Would have been that one. Yeah. It was three inches of freaking water inside the hive box and well, uh they just like being living by the beach. Well, they were. They had their own. They had. It wasn't a beach. They had their indoor pool, (laughs) Um, and it. I mean, it was. It was putrid. The the dead bees that were floating in the water on the one side. It had a very nasty smell, but as soon as we opened it, we could hear the colony humming. So I knew they were alive, and I looked in there, and I could see capped food stores. And when we took them out and flipped them over, they were very healthy. Yeah, they were very healthy. You had uh, probably. Three or four bars of oh, bees. Oh, God, I can, I've got the pictures. Yeah, I mean, it was in good shape. They were, man, and I, I tell you, this photo, I love this photo. That's no, one you said. You said three or four. Listen to you. Good Lord, Ken. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven comb. Wow. There are eleven bars with fully drawn comb on it. Technically, number 11 is pretty small, and it's got a couple little nubs at the end. So we'll say 10 fully formed comb on there. And out of those, there's amazing brood pattern in there. You can tell by the coloration, the one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Well, no, no, the coloration of the comb. You can tell that the six in the middle, they're the darkest comb. They're the original comb from Mm -hmm. the first nuke, and they're the comb that they've used the most with Mm -hmm. the most generations, so they're Mm -hmm. darker. But there's capped food stores. I mean, they're just, they were just amazing. Mm -hmm. Here's the, uh, here's the photo that I was telling you about that is quite possibly one of my favorite photos here recently beekeeping wise oh that is a good one ain't it? isn't that wow. it's, like, it's got everything it's wow. got the top of a hive it's got comb it's got bees it's got a smoker there's hives in the background there's beautiful emerald green grass out there like i love this photo yeah i know that <laughs> there's a rock hive and there's <laughs> yeah there's the there's the rock hive and there's the trailer hive there they yeah. are um yeah man it's just ah oh, i just i love that i love the photo love the photo love the photo um it is just so awesome mm-hmm so, all right. Well, uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Mm, oh, Max said you you opened up, uh, I guess, as one of the honeybound. Was one of them full? Max said one of them was full side of drones? Yes. 
Yeah. Um, so the the two big colonies yeah. that we talked about last year where they were honey bound and we took out some of the solid frames took of honey. Out four of each uh, and, and yeah, they put four empties in. Put four drawn empty combs mm-hmm. in there. Those colonies are rocking and rolling. Now oh, yes, the the are. one, and again, doesn't really mean anything to you guys, but if you're looking at them right and left, the colony on the right still mm-hmm. had an entire medium on top of it full of honey. Mm-hmm. And that sucker was heavy. It was it was like forty pounds heavy, mm-hmm. pick it up and move it. Now the colony on the left they only had maybe 20 pounds of honey. It mm-hmm. was heavy, but not as heavy. Mm-hmm. But just, I mean, drones walking around, capped drone brood in there. They're going to town. Now, that's one of those colonies that at the moment it has food. But we just had this cold snap. We had rain. They can't get out. They're raising drones. Drones take lots of food. They so can, I need to check them next week when it warms up. You need to check them tomorrow. Tomorrow. Or oh, Monday. Yeah. Not next well, week. Well, do I need to just put a 10 frame on there and start feeding? Well, I mean, you could, but you, you always have to start by checking. Never start beekeeping by assumptions. Always start by checking. So they, they're a case where they could have burned through 20 pounds of food in three days because they were raising so many babies and so many drones. And they had food, but they can burn through it quickly. So they may have made it through that spurt. But then if another one comes, they may not make it through that. So, yeah, absolutely. But, see, you've got to go. You've got some homework to do anyway. We need to start doing the mite checks. We need to get some things on there like that. And, you know, that's one of those things that— Now, do we do a sugar shake or do we do an alcohol shake? I would literally honestly base that on the size of the colony, right? Well, the alcohol, two big colonies, the alcohol you could, you could do alcohol. kill yeah. those. Yeah, because the alcohol is going to obviously—you're going to sacrifice 300 bees. Mm-hmm. Um, sugar shake, you get to save the bees, but the sugar shake is not nearly as accurate. It would give you an idea— like if you do a sugar shake and you're getting, you know, 3%, that's really bad because that means the alcohol wash could have been 7%. So so basically the only two that we couldn't really alcohol shake are the the two sick ones. Yep. Exactly. Because the rock hive is, is strong. The two uh, the two that we got over at Rick's are strong. Both of them are strong. There's an 8 frame and a 10 frame over there. And oh yeah, I fed them by the way. Yeah, yeah, you fed everybody. And uh, yeah, uh, so they're going to go crazy as soon as they get up. Well, they already they've had the sugar now. Mm, a week. Yeah. Yeah. So they, but but we did the sugar slurry stuff. We yeah. did not do liquid. So mm-hmm. they're not going to be crazy as in like they're not going to be exploding. They just have yeah. food to feed what they've got, which is yeah. what we wanted. Um, we'll be doing that liquid sugar here pretty soon, but not just yet. And then on the rock and the trailer hive that we're worried about, I only put uh, on the two over my at <laughs> the, Rick's. The I trailer put, and the the removal. Yeah, yeah. I only put two and a half pounds of the sugar slurry on top of each one of them. I mean that's fine because they're not very big, yeah. so you know they don't need ten pounds of sugar on them. They're they're fine with the two and a half. That's perfectly acceptable. Mm. But and, you know, they can't really defend it. They can't guard it. They're not going to definitely not going to use all of it. So it's just a because when we looked at those two colonies, that was the other thing was they had no food. They were the smallest colonies. They had the least amount of bees and they had no food. That could also be a reason why they're having trouble. So that was kind of our, you know, our experiment was, well, let's feed them first. See what happens. Do they improve? Does it start to look turn around and look better then we're going to go through and we can do a mite test but we got to do the sugar shake uh, then we can treat them we talked about treating with formic acid which is it's my favorite thing to use because it does the best job but it does it can be harsh and if those temperatures get too high it can be really harsh you can nuke your entire colony and not in the n-u-c way in the n-u-k-e way <laughs> so the uh 
The thing, though, with it is it may actually it may kill the younger larvae. It may kill all the eggs. But by eliminating all that stuff, what we found a lot of times is once the treatment is done, as long as the queen is strong and healthy and it doesn't wipe her out because on a very weak, iffy queen that has any diseases, it can actually kill the queen. So sometimes maybe don't do that unless you've got a backup. But if it does and she's fine when she starts laying again mm-hmm. it's amazing oh, we're yeah, talking because, like wall to wall bees and it's just beautiful and you know that's what tim told me about the 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 two big hives that we had the honey bound ones i was telling him about how uh when we opened those up they wasn't maybe 500 bees in the whole damn thing and uh, and you said well we'll pull four of these out and i put those in the freezer and uh full full deep uh, frames of honey out out of each one and uh, then we put the empties in there and then two weeks later I checked them and they went had gone crazy I mean from they barely expanded seeing out and started laying and they were to, happy uh, wow yeah they did great so yeah it's it, it's you know they come back quick and he says well they could have had and uh, who I got those from she had just oxalic acid them oxalic acid and he says well then possibly he says what i find out with oxalic oxalic yeah oxalic acid uh he says oh wait you can call it oh wait oh wait it will kill a lot of your wheat bees uh, most of those treatments will too though the the apivar Hmm? or apigard the thymol i think it'll kill all our it'll bees. it'll kill a lot of weak yeah. sick bees thyme the uh um the formic acid mm-hmm. will kill a lot of the the weaker bees um any of those treatments because that's just it you guys have to keep in mind you're trying to kill an insect on an insect mm-hmm. it's a smaller insect so hopefully a smaller dose can do it but obviously in greater quantities or in the wrong circumstances when it gets too high and off gas is too quick you can kill the big insect too so it's a very challenging thing to try to do mites in general but um in that situation the treatment of the colonies didn't have anything to do with they just were that ready. size they, they that were queen found empty holes she said exactly yeah. that was that yeah. was the problem they had so much honey they only had like three frames that they could even try to do and there was pollen we had frames and frames of pollen too oh, yeah. so between the pollen and the honey they were so bound up mm-hmm. they couldn't do anything mm-hmm. And they, when we gave them that empty comb, man, they were like, woohoo! Yeah, and and it exploded. Yep. And now they're doing amazing. They're doing great right and now. Those are carniolids. Well, I guess. They should be. Yeah, they, they're they either pure blood, no. They're either pure blood carniolin or they're pure blood Russian. I almost want to say they might be pure blood Russian um, because I, I know where they came from and I know the order that was done we we had we did the russian carniolan hybrids and they came in and then we burned through all of those that year and we had to start doing some outside ordering and we ordered in a batch of i think they were pure russians that we got in after that so if they're pure russian i was told that that russians the guy that i bought uh, some of those the Russians that I bought, yeah, I'm he's, talking to him, the guy, well, you know, you won't have any trouble with them because you all deal with uh, right. with your bees in Texas and they have... Well, that's, uh, that's the catch. It's all about perspective. And for us, uh, a pure Russian bee is a teddy bear compared to an Africanized bee. Yep. So to us, they seem perfectly fine. They're they're way more gentle than our redheaded mutts and things like that. So they're they're not an issue at all. Um, and and they're also like we call them a pure Russian. But what it is is it's the 
the certified Russian genetics that came from the Baton Rouge lab, the B lab in Baton Rouge. And, you know, as I mean, the quote unquote true, I don't know how true that is or what they mix with, because that's also some of the bees they use to get the VSH, the Varroa sensitive hygienic bees Mm -hmm. have some of that same lineage in them. So, but they're not bad. I like them. They're, they're not bad at all. Um, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know what they are. And that one box, the front of that box is marked 2016 Italian. And, yeah, and I was told they're not. Attacking. They're not at all. You know that sticker just never got yeah. pulled off there. So they're either pure Russian or they're pure Carniolan. Either, either way, they're doing great. Yep. Um, they're not that testy. The one hive that was raising drones, they were a little bit testy. But as soon as we closed that hive back up, mm-hmm. they they stopped. They they quit flying around us. They quit everything. They just went back in. They called it good and they quit. So uh, they they weren't persistent. They no. weren't the whole like they you walk the, off and they're all over they you. The rock hive. <laughs> the rock hive wasn't even terribly persistent. No, they wouldn't. They but. didn't really follow us because we went around to the next little cove and they didn't follow us past that. They were just right there on us until we walked away and then they stopped too. But mm-hmm. as they get bigger and they have more population, that could change. Oh, yeah, you just never can tell. Um, are you? Are they tag you about a dozen times? Through your chin because you keep pressing it to the front well, of your veil? Or, just, just <laughs> or because you went out there to switch out stuff and didn't have a suit on at all? Well, Are you blaming the bees for your uh, your your mishaps? No, because <laughs> I'm blaming the bees because I don't wash my suit. That's true, too. <laughs> um, yeah, if you, if you, so another little side note there for everybody wash your suits, wash yeah. your gloves, because yeah. those pheromones stick to that. And every time you go and you make a mad, more pheromones stick to it. And it gets to the point where you open the hive and you stick your hand out there. No, you don't have to open the hive. The damn things will come <laughs> hunt you down. And they start off at level 10 instead of level yeah. one because they smell those pheromones and they're instantly riled up. So washing your suit, don't use very heavy perfumey smelling things. No. Just wash them. Maybe just a tiny little bit of bleach to go through there. Not a lot because mm-hmm. the smell of bleach can be offensive too just a little bit it'll help go through and it'll clear off the smoke it'll clear off the pheromones it'll clear clear off any sting pheromone and then you'll get to go back out and you'll have this lovely experience um the other thing you can do with your gloves look at you yeah yeah instead Instead of of, hey ken i'm gonna sting the hell out of you right now (laughs) yeah the other thing you can do is use the like the nitrile gloves because Every time you go out there, it's a clean set. Now, this is a double fold. This is like a double good. It's a clean set, which means it's a neutral scent and it's a clean scent. Mm-hmm. So you start off good on that. They're clean and hypoallergenic clean, which means you didn't use them on five other hives. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you can't potentially carry diseases and issues mm-hmm. on the gloves. And the bees don't really recognize them as flesh. So even if they are a little irritated, you really have to provoke them or accidentally squish them to get you, get them to sting you through those gloves. So... It's like win, win, win. It's a good thing. Uh, but don't carry your your swarm, your swarm. <laughs> don't uh, be in and keep swarm commander in yeah, the cab in of your in truck. The cab of the truck because they sit there and beat on the window trying to get to you. I kept every time I tried to talk to him, I turn around and his window would be up, and I'd be like, "Roll your window down," and he'd roll it down like halfway, and he'd be like, "Yeah," and I'd holler at him, tell him something, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Window oh. go back up, and I was like, "Why do you keep rolling your window up?" You know, t- what's really crazy. You know, I have it. In, I have that swarm commander in the middle of my, between my seats in the front, and I have it double bagged. But I'll throw it up there in, in that compartment, and on top of my sunshades. Mm-hmm. Do they smell like lemongrass? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, but you, when I put them on, I'm working bees. Yeah, you, you should. Queen. You should. You should not do that. <laughs> no, um, you shouldn't. You also probably should not keep any of the chemical type things in your truck because the heat in the summertime hmm. is going to 
it's going to reduce the effectiveness of them because it's it's releasing all those yeah, fumes yeah. and gases well, and stuff, it. which is why it gets on your glasses and everything well, else. You, know, so. uh, you even mentioned it. You said, oh, your truck's getting like my truck. The bee's trying to get in. Yeah, but I don't carry Swarm Commander yeah, in my you truck. You carry Queens. I carry Queens. My truck My truck just smells like bees, period. Um, but yeah, they, yeah, that, that's just, just true. <laughs> that is true. Have we done enough random crap? <laughs> no. Yep. My cake's gone. I'm good. <laughs> He's ate his cakes. So I knew he was done. <laughs> Play with my little trap out here. Um, yeah, no, no, we're we're good, we're good. I, I mean, that's we have rambled on for way longer than most of these episodes go, so we we are definitely good on that part. Um, you know, thank you guys again for <laughs> thank for, you for everything for everything exactly for everything. Thank you for making sure Ken's doing good and yeah. in good health. Thank you guys yes. for all the well wishes. Thank you guys for all of the commentary and participation and stuff that we do here on Patreon. Um, it is it's awesome and we love it and you guys know we love it because we won't shut up about it. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we do it because it's fun. That's what we do it for. We do, we do. Um, I so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell on myself. Here. Tell on yourself. It's a, it's a, I don't even know. What you do? Well, it's not what I did. It's more of a, it's a thought. It's a, um, I don't know if it's egotistical or selfish or, or what the, 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 the backhand of it is. Right. But just, you know, we all, we all have our things and this is kind of funny, but it's funny because like I got kind of got my feelings hurt, but didn't get my feelings hurt all at the same time. Right. So what this all is, is basically like, I listen to some other podcasts Hmm? and there's uh, talking about us. No, no, they weren't. That was the problem. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was where it all came into play. So I listen to several other podcasts. Most of the podcasts I listen to are, are not necessarily beekeeping, but I do listen to one or two that are beekeeping that I really enjoy. And I'm not going to mention them. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to name who they are because I I don't want to directly call anybody out. Um, but in, in one of these latest episodes, they were two podcasts Mm -hmm. that both have to do with beekeeping that Mm -hmm. were interviewing each other basically and they started going off and started mentioning you know all these other good beekeeping podcasts that people should listen Nobody to mentioned us. and we didn't get mentioned at all wow and i was like <gasps> i was so shocked and mortified and the thing that really got me is the one that was actually the the main podcast that was actually it was that episode mm-hmm. um i i have like I listen to the show. I'm supportive. I send comments and like I, I don't even like. They know there's, you, but they didn't say nothing. But there's about us. there's no critiques. Like I don't say anything bad to them. I've never tried to correct them on anything. It's always like, oh my god, that episode was amazing. I loved your guest. That was great. Like I've been so supportive. And so they they go through and they start talking, and I'm like. Oh, that would be so awesome if they actually mention us. And then no. And they mention like five podcasts and then they talk for about 30 minutes later. And then they mention like two or three more podcasts and we still didn't get mentioned. It's and I me. was, it's a redneck. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what it was. <laughs> I was sitting there in the truck and I was like, wah, wah, wah. like I was all sad. Like my whole day was just shot. I was like, man, they didn't like, they named off all these other podcasts and they didn't even mention us at all. Wow. <laughs> I was so, wow. I was so heartbroken wow. by that. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Kevin about it and he said, well, you know, I mean, are you in direct competition with any of them? Maybe they purposely didn't mention you guys because you're in direct competition. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, we're absolutely not in competition with the format of the one. And the other one, I mean, it could have more educational stuff to it. So maybe, but not on purpose. And, you know, not like 
Yeah, I haven't. I haven't rightly said the only person that we've ever straight out said we're coming for you is the dude that does the podcast in the United Kingdom that got the top spot on that stupid, uh, you know, the the yeah. top ten yeah. or top fifteen uh, beekeeping podcast two. you absolutely yeah. must listen to. We were number two and we were the the top one out of the United States, but mm-hmm. there was somebody in number one place in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the only time we've ever directly been like, "We're coming for you, man! <laughs> like we're gonna get you," because we just wanted that spot. But um, yeah, no, it is what it is. So whatevs. Um, but you know all the commodes down in, in Australia go the opposite direction? Man, we almost made it through an episode. <laughs> we almost made it all the way through an episode without any toilet talk. <sighs> oh, have you noticed? Uh, you know what's so big about Russia? You walk around and you can find Russia. <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? I was Australia. looking at you like, what? Oh, no. Australia. You can walk around out back and find gold on the ground. Well, I mean, Catherine confirmed there's about 110 reasons why you shouldn't live in Australia. And when I asked her why you should, her answer was, well, because it's the land of bounty. It, it's Aussie. And I'm like, gold on the ground. So like Ken said, you can walk around and find gold on the ground. And, and that's that's your only reason. But, mm-hmm. you know, killer spiders, killer snakes, killer storms, extreme drought, extreme heat, massive hot. fires. Um, crazy lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, oh, oh, oh. So, did you know it snows in Australia? Southern Australia? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I mean, they're freaking huge. They're they're the size yeah. of, the, of, the, of the United States, continent-wise. Um, but it didn't really cross my mind, but they absolutely do. Northern Australia is closer to the equator and yeah, therefore more warm. tropical and they're yeah. warmer. They don't get snow. Southern Australia... Absolutely has a winter Antarctica. and they get snow. Yeah. And when Catherine told me that, I was like, what? You know, because I would totally not well, mind living somewhere where it doesn't it, snow. But Don't they have, do y'all have penguins down there? I don't no. Know. Well, there they're, is. The little bitty ones. There is a, a type of warm weather penguin, and I don't remember if it's Australia or New Zealand, but I think there is a penguin that actually lives somewhere in that vicinity. They're not the same as like the emperor penguins yeah, down no, in Antarctica. No, no, no. But, They're little. But there is a type of penguin. Yeah. And a lot of times those are the ones that we see in our zoos because they can tolerate yeah, the, yeah, the warmer temperate the, climates. The, the, the little penguins. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. true too. Who knows? Oh, yeah. All they right, guys. They, they don't have polar bears. They, nope. Well, <laughs> no one swims across. Koala bears. <laughs> yeah. They have drop bears, man. That's the worst thing. Those deadly drop bears come and they fall and they get you, man. Ooh, it's over. <laughs> Brett has Brett has educated us. We're edumacated on drop bears. uh, (laughs) I still want the the seeds to what kind of honey? The the flowers. I told you that's not the name of a plant. Jumbara. That's not the name of a plant. That is a district. That's an area. It's not a plant. Then go out there and find me all the seeds and send them from that area. I'll plant them up here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just said that, and then they're gonna be invasive. Probably are. Yeah, probably. They probably are invasive. Uh, to us, they, they probably can be. That's how stuff happens. And that's why Australia that's doesn't allow best, any imports. That's the best dang honey I've ever ate, eaten. See, Catherine, he's he's bald oh, over, man. Gosh, he loved the honey. Good honey. He loved it. He loved it. He loved it. Yeah, I mean, anything that tastes that butterscotch, butterscotch honey. Huh. Y'all don't uh, be making a fortune off of that. Yeah, well, who knows? Butterscotch uh, honey sticks. 
All right, we got to get out of here. <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us here on Patreon. We love you. Thank you. And thank you for your support. And you'll have another episode coming out on Monday for the main segment. And then, of course, obviously, next Thursday, there'll be another Hive Jive Junkie bonus episode as well. Enjoy. And we will be back with you later. So you guys be good. Be safe. Bye. Y'all be good, family. Thank you. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees. 